Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. Welcome to Not Just a Sports Report. It is the NRL preview with myself, Mick, and JJ, as we do every Tuesday, to be released Wednesday, Australian time. And look, good times here at the moment, not just a sports report. Last weekend, a perfect round. If you think that's impressive, two straight perfect rounds, two consecutive weeks, two consecutive eight from eights. The tips are hot at the moment, so... Look, I'm sure a few more people will be tuning in for this edition. Going to be looking for the three-peat. I have confidence. I have confidence it can be done. The main game that worries me is the Dragons up against the Knights. That seems like a bit of a bad shit game between two teams who could turn it on in the best of days, but they could also have a stinker. So, look, I'm going for the three-peat. I have confidence. Let's see if we can make it happen. And let's start with our Thursday night game. In Canberra, it is the 13th-placed Raiders hosting the 8th-placed Cowboys. This is going to be the Cowboys' first game outside of Queensland for the season, so it's going to be interesting to see how they adjust, especially being thrown straight into the deep end, cold Canberra uh, weather. So the conditions, no doubt, going to play a part in this one. The Cowboys are coming off their golden point loss to the Warriors, where, look, they probably had the better and played better throughout the game, But they couldn't get the job done, and they do have some young players, so it is a learning curve for them. But ultimately, look, the Cowboys really should have got the win there. They ended up getting a loss, and if they want to play finals football this year, then losses like that are really going to hurt them. That is why they cannot afford another loss against the Raiders. That would really start to halt some of the momentum that the Cowboys were starting to build early in the season. As for the Raiders, they were dismantled by the Storm, just outclassed. Storm were up 18-0 after 23 minutes, so yeah, Raiders not really in the contest at any stage. As far as the ins and outs for this game, Tom Starling last week started at hooker. We'd been seeing Matt Frawley be named at hooker, but Starling playing the full 80 minutes last weekend. He's been named to start at hooker again this weekend, so looks like he's going to play the full 80 again. And Matt Frawley has been dropped to the extended bench with Xavier Savage coming into the number 14 jersey. I definitely like this one. I think Chance has kind of done enough to hold his fullback spot. But Xavier Savage, you've kind of got to find a place for them because this is what the Raiders have been lacking. Some real genuine X factor, some speed, some electricity. So Xavier Savage into the 14 jersey is a big one. Also covers any potential injuries in the halves. Have seen that Matt Tomoko has been named, although there are injury concerns over him. So Xavier Savage may find a spot in the uh, squad if Tomoko drops out in the starting squad. Uh, But we do see that Seb Chris is in the number 18 jersey, so he would be the most likely. Jared Croker also on the extended bench, so there's a possibility we see him play as well, but we'll have to check on the weekend. Last weekend, we saw Hudson Young drop out late before the game up against the Storm. I believe he was dropped, and Ricky Stewart decided to bring in Ryan Sutton. 
They've stuck with that this weekend, with Ryan Sutton to start at lock, Hudson Young dropped, and the captain, Elliot Whitehead, moving into the second row. Cohen Hess is back for the Cowboys, being named to start, but last week we saw Ruben Cotter start. Jason Tamalola has been moving into the front row. I think Ruben Cotter is the perfect lock forward for the Cowboys. I've been saying it for a while now, and I think it's time to pull the trigger on that. That is the best way for the Cowboys to really have a chance at winning this game up against the Raiders. So hopefully that is what Todd Payton decides to do. Also see that Connolly Limoelu has been named on the bench for the Cowboys. Originally a center has been playing in the second row this season. Now, either side top eight material? I really don't know. In terms of my season predictions, I had Cowboys 15th, so they've absolutely exceeded my expectations, but still a very long season, and this is their first game outside of Queensland, so this is a really big test for North Queensland, and what kind of intent they have to make finals this year, because right now, they sit in eighth position, so a win here will be really crucial toward playing finals, but yeah, it's going to be a massive test in the cold Canberra weather Last round, or last time these played these two played each other, my apologies, that was round two this year. The Cowboys in Townsville demolishing the Raiders in a game where the Raiders were the favorites. Everyone thought Raiders were going to win, myself included. Cowboys shocking the Canberra Raiders that night, getting the 26-6 win. Chad, uh, Chad I was going to say Chad Dearden. Chad Townsend was enormous, as was Dearden. That halves combination coming along really nicely. But yeah, Raiders going to be out for a big bounce back. Big week this week for Ricky Stewart. He has been hoping to turn the Raiders back into a powerhouse. He looked good. They looked good the last few years, but then last season just did not click for them. Something seems a little bit off at the Raiders. There is a transition of trying to bring a lot of young guys through, though, which also needs to be understood. Guys like Semi Velame really starting to stand up and own their position in first grade now. But massive week for Ricky Stewart. He's going to be under the pump if they lose this. So he's going to be looking for a response from his boys. They most definitely want to play in the finals this year. Big battle for Ricky Stewart. He's going to be coaching up against an emerging coach in Todd Payton. And here's a factoid for you. 90 Raiders games for Todd Payton. 1996 till 2002, Todd Payton was a Raiders player, so there you go, a little factoid moment for you. The key battle in this Raiders-Cowboys game is going to be Jason Taumalolo up against Josh Papali'i. Obviously, all the other forwards are going to be important as well, but both of these guys are absolutely the leaders for their side. They are the ones who impose themselves the most, and they're going to be going head-to-head, no doubt. They'll be going up against each other throughout the game. So key battle for mine, Jason Taumalolo up against Josh Papali'i. As far as my X-Factor player, I'm highlighting Jack Whiten. He needs guys like Josh Papali'i to lift, Joe Tarpane, Tom Starling, everyone. Everyone needs to lift because Jack Whiten can't do it alone. And he plays his best football and he wins games when everyone is firing and when his side need him to step up. So I think if the Raiders get it done here, we are going to see a big game from Jack Whiten. And my point of difference this game, Xavier Savage in that number 14 jersey. Look, it may not be this game, but I think going forward, he's going to find his way into that Raiders lineup. 
I don't know whether long-term, like the next few years, Chance stays in that fullback role because Xavier Savage, I think if the Raiders continue to struggle soon, it's going to be time to pull the trigger. Whether you play him on the wing and let him gain experience, I don't know, or whether you just throw him straight into fullback. Honestly, I think maybe you just throw him straight into fullback, give him time to develop. But Chance Nicole Klukstad has done enough at this point probably to just retain the fullback jersey. So I really like Savage in the number 14. Give him a chance to just find his feet in the NRL. And yeah, competition for spots is always good. As far as my prediction for this Thursday night clash, I am going to be taking the Canberra Raiders over the North Queensland Cowboys. Interested to see how the Cowboys go being tested outside of Queensland for the first time this season. And as for the Cowboys, well, they smashed the Raiders last time out. So this could very well happen again. I did not expect the Cowboys to win last time. This time I am a lot more wary of them. But ultimately, I have decided to go with the Raiders. Hometown advantage. They're going to be fired up. They are in dire need of a win. So ultimately, after everything I've said, I'm going to be picking the Canberra Raiders as the first side to try and get me this three-peat. As far as yourself, JJ, Raiders taking on the Cowboys Thursday night. Which one are you taking? Yeah, for this one, I like what you said. I feel Jack Whiten's going to be absolutely instrumental in this game. They're at home. He's got to stamp his authority on it, set up some tries, maybe score one himself. I know Cowboys won the first encounter, but that was in home conditions. And they were were riding a bit of an early season momentum there, but that's kind of hit the skids a little bit in the past couple of weeks. So uh, I think with the home ground advantage for the Raiders, Whiten, as I said, it's pretty much a must-win game for the Raiders. So I'm going to take the Raiders as well. Up next, the Good Friday Easter Clash, the traditional game between rivals at Acor Stadium, I believe it is. I don't know. I'm not a fan of that name. Shit stadium name. That's going to be some content coming soon. The shittest stadium names and some of the good ones. But Acor or Acor, I don't even fucking know. I don't fucking care. Sorry for the double F-bomb. Unnecessary. Not even, they're not, it's not, this name's not even worth a double F-bomb. One, yeah, definitely. Stupid name. Not a fan of the stadium. Not going to get sidetracked on that, though. Uh, I'm going to call it ANZ. I don't care. I don't care. It's a bank. Fucking shit. Not as bad. I mean, not as good. Whatever. I don't even know what I'm saying now, but I, I'll call it ANZ. That's what I know it as, so I don't care. Um, it's going to be the Rabbitohs in ninth place hosting the 15th-placed Bulldogs. Rabbits coming off a 24-12 to win over the Dragons, whilst the Dogs went down 32-12. to up against the Panthers. Very interesting. Last time out on the Good Friday Clash last year. I think it was the Good Friday Clash. Well, at least the last time they clashed last year. Rabbitohs 38-0 over the Bulldogs. This is a very different looking Bulldogs side. Different looking Rabbitohs side as well. So I think we're going to see a much closer game than that. As far as the ins and outs, Latrell Mitchell out for eight weeks. That is a big one. He is a huge loss for them. But look, hopefully they can find their feet without him. And then when he returns, they can start to, you know, make a slow and steady finals push and peak at the right time of year. So not the worst time for the injury, but hopefully Latrell can get back to his best sooner rather than later. That is really interesting as far as Origin is concerned as well. Now a position is opened up in that vacant left center position. 
And Freddie Fittler has actually come out and named three candidates already. Stephen Crichton, who has to be the favourite, surely, for the jersey from the Penrith Panthers. Bradman Best from the Newcastle Knights. And Matt Burton, playing 5'8 at the Bulldogs, but of course a premiership winning left centre for the Panthers last season. So some pretty handy guys ready to step up to fill that void that Luttrell will be leaving for the New South Wales Blues. Looking at some of the other ins and outs, Blake Taff, or Taff, sorry, replaces Luttrell at fullback, and Harme Selle comes onto the bench. For the Bulldogs, Kyle Flanagan retains the halfback jersey, which, good for him. It's been a rough going for Kyle Flanagan, so hopefully he can go really well in this game. Good to see them showing some faith in him. The Bulldogs, they are back in the familiar position of the bottom four. Their goal this year is for improvement. I guess, look, if you don't come last, that's improvement. And yeah, Bulldogs fans will be saying, thank God, there's a fucking team. Sorry for my language. Sorry, I had a couple of beers. Uh, they'll be saying, thank God for the Tigers. Because, yeah, it looks like at least they won't come last. But ideally, I think the best sign of improvement from the Bulldogs is to finish outside of the bottom four, which they currently sit in 15th place. As for the Rabbitohs, they are going to be heading into this weekend, seeking a spot in the top eight, looking to get back to the grand final, but this time ultimately get it done. Latrell out, obviously huge. And just quickly, if you listened to my NRL Power podcast, you'd have heard that Lachlan Ilias, the halfback for the Rabbitohs, he was, pardon me, my ref, I'm just going to keep going, my bad. Uh, Lachlan Ilias, the halfback, was my rising star nomination for the round, so I was really impressed by how he played. Hopefully he can build on that. He'll be up against Kyle Flanagan and Matt Burton, so two young halves who know how to turn it on. Going to be really interesting, but Ilias now in the running for the 2022 Not Just a Sports Report rising star. As far as the X Factor... I'm going to go with Damian Cook. He was a huge, huge part of the reason as to why the Rabbitohs got over the Dragons last weekend. Looked back to his electrifying best, hoping to hit form coming toward Origin so that he can continue to play in that number nine jersey. And yeah, even put his best foot forward to be the Australian Kangaroos number nine when the World Cup comes around, which I believe is at the end of this year. I'm pretty sure because it was supposed to be last year. I think they've put it back to this year. As far as the big game, it is a big game this weekend for Kyle Flanagan. Look, I don't want to heap too much pressure on him, but in a positive light, in a half-glass full sense, if the Bulldogs get the win, then all of a sudden is it like, okay, do we persist with Flanagan and Burton and just give them some time and see if they can work something out? So best of luck to Kyle Flanagan on the weekend. The key battle for mine is going to be in the halves. Flanagan and Burton up against Ilias and Cody Walker. And the battle between the coaches will be very interesting. We have Jason Dimitriou up against Trent Barrett. Two coaches who are yet to feel too many of the highs of coaching, although Dimitriou has been a premiership winner in the reserve grade levels. He has been an assistant coach for NRL premierships. And he spent a lot of time with Wayne Bennett, but... As head coaches, both of these guys have had more lows than highs throughout their short coaching careers as head coaches. So, look, it's a big game for both of them. 
And my prediction, well, that's all part of this, isn't it? So I'm going to be predicting the Rabbitohs. I haven't seen enough from the Bulldogs. I think this can be a danger game. I don't know how the Rabbitohs are going to fare. No Adam Reynolds anymore. No Latrell Mitchell. And soon the losses may begin to stack up. But ultimately, I do like Jason Dimitriou as a coach. And I'm just thinking about the game plan and what both sides have to offer. I think ultimately... Souths are going to have a game plan that can edge out the Bulldogs in what should be a much closer contest than it has been in recent seasons. So I am going to be taking South Sydney over the Bulldogs in the Good Friday Clash, JJ. Uh, Easter, what a time. Easter eggs, religious connotations. What an amazing, joyous time, JJ. (laughs) Yeah, wow. Uh, Speaking of joyous times, Rabbitohs and Bulldogs... Two teams you love to watch. You you just, yeah, I don't know if you've missed a Bulldogs game in a long time, which is rogue because you don't support them. Uh, but I feel like you still support them in a way. So jumping on to your prediction, Rabbitohs and Dogs. Yeah, look for this one. I had to agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, the Bulldogs, although they are looking like they've improved, um, they haven't improved enough. And although the Rabbitohs without uh, Latrell, it has been shown that they lack a little bit of spark. Um, I like what you say about Ilias. Ilias has looked much more impactful in the past few weeks where he's definitely popped off the screen. Um, so definitely be looking to him to add some spark where Latrell is missing. So it could be a little closer than we expect, but the Bulldogs haven't improved enough to, to outdo the Rabbitohs here. So I'm going to take the Rabbitohs too. Up next on this joyous Easter occasion, what a joyous time, Friday night clash in Penrith, the defending undefeated premiers, the Panthers in first place up against the 12th placed Broncos, who last round they took the Roosters to the limit, Roosters only able to get it done in the dying minutes of the game, so Brisbane, one of the narratives here and one of the sticking points that I'm really going to be looking at is can Brisbane be competitive two weeks in a row up against the top sides? If they can win, lose, or draw, then I think that will prove that they are starting to turn things around in a major way. So going to be a huge test, going to be hard to back that up, up against another, the best team in the comp, actually. So that's where things get really hard. It's going to be up against a fired-up Penrith home crowd as well. So the Broncos boys are going to have to bring their A game. As for the Panthers, yet another win, 5-0. and oh, They have no grand final hangover, no premiership hangover. They are looking just as good as they have looked in the last two seasons. A 32-12 win over the Dogs on Sunday. Still undefeated, competition favourites. And now it is fair to say... This team, the Penrith Panthers, they are heavyweights of the NRL competition. And it looks like they've leveled up as well. Not only have their elite players gotten better, but these young guys like Isaac Tago, Taylor May, they are just playing outstanding football. I'm really loving the direction that the Panthers are heading in. And it's been cool because a lot of us fans have had the chance to watch that journey from about the time Phil Gould took over around, what was it, like 2011, 2012? And seeing that journey and like watching the under-20s games and seeing them win premierships and seeing some of the guys move on and some of the guys stay 
and just the way they've brought their local juniors through. It's just incredible. I love the way the Panthers system works and it's really proven now a lot of sides are looking at the Panthers when they are thinking, how do we become the next NRL powerhouse? Big out for this game, no pain Haas. That is really costly for the Broncos. I thought they were actually a big chance to at least be competitive and take the Panthers to the edge like they did the Roosters and like they've done the Panthers before in the last couple of seasons. So, look, I thought that was the way it was going to go, but no pain Haas makes it a very big uphill battle for the Brisbane Broncos. For the Panthers, they've got the same 17 named, whilst Corey Jensen jumps into the starting lineup with Haas out, and Reese Kennedy joins the bench for the Broncos. It's a really big week for Kevin Walters and Billy Walters. The father and son combination are going to be taking on the best father and son duo in the competition, potentially in rugby league history. I don't know, there may be some guy in fucking like 1913. We don't know. They could have been guys from, yeah, we don't know. So, look, that's they're right in the conversation. They're definitely the best father-son duo in the competition right now. So Ivan and Nathan Cleary, they are the benchmark. Kevy Walters and Billy Walters, no doubt that'll be something in their mind. Like, hey, I want to do it for my dad. So, dad time. As far as the key battle, look... I've got a battle of the centers on both sides. Left versus right, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's going to be electric on both sides. Katoni Staggs up against the youngster Isaac Tago. And on the other side, Herbie Farnworth up against Stephen Crichton, the favorite to slot in for Luttrell and make his New South Wales origin debut when the season, well, when the fixtures series, I guess you'd call it, rolls around. So both battles are going to be incredible. I can't wait to see them go at it, both in attack and defense, which will no doubt be an essential part of that key battle. As far as the X Factor, I'm going to go someone a little bit different from the Panthers, not just Clary every weekend or Luai and the likes. I'm taking Dylan Edwards, who's actually in career best form, ran for 220 meters on the weekend, and he's just been playing phenomenally. And Dylan Edwards is a huge key to what the Panthers are doing. So I've gone for a bit of a different X factor. And I think that something that might help set them apart and win them the game is their fullback, Dylan Edwards. The point of difference in this game for me, I'm picking James Fisher-Harris in the front row for the Panthers. No pain, Huss. Huge loss for the Brisbane Broncos. And now the biggest task for the Broncos is to handle guys like James Fisher-Harris and to deal with this undefeated Ford pack, it is no easy feat. And look, as far as the feat goes, I think it's a bit too much big of an ask for the Broncos at this stage. How could I go against the Panthers? I don't know when I'm going to be going against the Panthers, but it is certainly not going to be in round six. So in this clash, I'm going to be taking the undefeated Premiers, the Penrith Panthers, over the Broncos. JJ Cummins... You've missed some games here and there scattered throughout. You haven't watched them as dedicatedly, if that's a word, as you have the Dogs game. That's a lie. I don't know why I'm just bold-faced lying. I'm just going to go straight to you, JJ. The defending premiers, Panthers up against the Broncos. Let's go with the classic. Which way are you going in this one? Yeah, I hit you with a rabbit pick here. It's the Panthers for mine. 
Uh, the Broncos, they've showed some good performances, but it seems to line up when they're at home, when they've got the huge Suncorp crowd and Atmos behind them. So until they can prove that away from home, uh, I won't be going for them, especially against probably the most impressive team overall in the competition, the Panthers. So the Panthers for mine. Up next, Super Saturday. Kicking off only two games on Super Saturday, so actually not so super this Saturday. Unfortunately, apparently Easter more super than Saturdays. Uh, we'll see about that. I don't know about that. But what I do know is that this Saturday, Four Pines Park, the Manly Seagulls, sixth place up against the Gold Coast Titans, currently sitting outside the eight in 10th. Last weekend, Manly thumped Newcastle with no Tom Trebojevic, so really good signs for them, whilst the Titans went down to the Eels. Looking at some of the ins and outs, Morgan Harper out for the Sea Eagles. We see Tolotel Kola come into the centres, which he's extremely quick. I think he is going to be a real one to watch this season. He was named to play fullback last week, but I can't remember why. He got dropped. Sorry, had a few beers. It's getting a bit later now as well. But Kola into the centres. Brad Parker retains his spot in the centres, and Ruben Garrick is still going to play fullback, so we'll see whether there are any switcheroos, late switcheroos, maybe Kohler goes to fullback, but I think they'll stick with Garrick there. As for the Titans, Brian Kelly is back in with Philip Sammy moving out to the wing and Corey Thompson dropping out of the side. Sam Lasone uh, joins the bench with Kevin Proctor dropping out and Jermaine Azarko still at fullback, so I don't know if Jaden Campbell is ready to go yet. And Jen Card, yeah, I mean Jermaine Azako, sorry. Yeah, and they just come to the club. Now he's being tasked with the fullback jersey. Big ask. I kind of see that as a point where the Seagulls, I think Jermaine Azako at fullback is something that they are going to be able to exploit. And another one I mentioned on the NRL Power podcast, JJ Fafita, the younger cousin of David Fafita, a center winger. He's been playing really well in the Queensland Cup, so... It is only a matter of time. He is waiting in the wings for his debut, so I think we'll see the name JJ Fafita pop up on Team List Tuesday in the starting side sooner rather than later. The Seagulls are really starting to build nicely. They had a couple of losses to start their season, but they have turned it around now. They are looking back to the manly. That Look, call them flat-track bullies all you want. Des Hasler... Loves flying under the radar. You just keep forgetting that, don't you? Definitely the media do. As for the Gold Coast Titans, my cause for concern with them is their defense. We know they can score points, but the thing that's been letting them down is their defense in game. So the Titans need their best defensive game of the season to beat the Seagulls. It is a big game for David Fafita. He is the Titans' kind of X-Factor man. They need him to stand up and deliver. He's on the big bucks. He is such a game-breaking forward. And look, this is a game that is there to be broken. So David Fafita, really big game for him this weekend. The key battle is in the forwards, so he's going to need to stand up. Guys like Tino Fasua Malawi are going to need to stand up. Isaac Liu is so consistent. Both Fermor has been killing it. Uh, that's just for the Titans, for the Seagulls. Got a lot of guys. I believe Martin Tapao is still playing. Josh Alloyer, Jake Trebojevic, Hamole. Look, Lachlan Croker defensively has been awesome at dummy half. Carl Lawton had a great game off the bench last week. So really big game in the forwards here. 
As far as the X Factor, I've gone Daily Cherry Evans. We, of course, remember the famous Gold Coast Titans backflip. That seems like more a thing of the past now. They've got a really quality young kid in Toby Sexton. But for the Titans, whilst they have a halves pairing that could take them to some real success over the next decade, what the Seagulls have, it's an established halves pairing in Foreign and DCE. And I think in particular, Cherry Evans, his experience, his leadership, his kicking game, I think that is going to be the X factor and what could definitely give the Seagulls an edge in this clash against the Titans. As for the point of difference, I've gone with Dylan Walker. I watched the game, but me and myself and JJ were talking quite a bit, so I actually I don't didn't realize whether... I think Dylan Walker played 5-8 throughout that game. He had two try assists, so he's a real point of difference off the bench, can cover the halves, can cover fullback, can cover the wing if you need him to, but you probably just push the center out. He can cover the middle forward. I can't remember which I've repeated. Sorry, I'm a bit sloppy tonight. So let's continue through what I was talking about. Jumping on to the coaches, Des Hasler up against Justin Holbrook. Holbrook is a coach that I rate highly. I think he's the man for the job as far as the Titans go, but Des Hasler just knows how to get the Seagulls into winning form. He's got them there at the moment. I don't think he has any plans on them losing this weekend. So really interested to see the game plan and how it's executed from not just the coaches, but both teams as well. As far as the game, I think this could be a danger game for Manly. I think the Titans are very capable of winning this one. But ultimately, I'm going to stick with the Seagulls. I do think they're building nicely. I think they're going to continue to build. And as far as the Titans, I really want this three-peat. I want the perfect week. And when I consider the Titans' defensive displays throughout this season... I can't trust them to be a part of the three-peat. So I do think it is a bit of a danger game, but ultimately I'm going to be taking the Manly Seagulls over the Gold Coast Titans. JJ Fafita, the man himself. What way are you going in this one? Yeah, I have to 100% agree on the danger game thing. Um, so much so, I'm actually going to lean towards the Titans. Don't know why, it's a bit of a, a gut feeling. Uh, I just feel like something might go a little wrong in this game for the Eagles and they might not be able to get enough momentum. And we've seen that the Titans can score points. So, yeah, um, just a bit of a hunch. The Titans for me in this one. But if the Eagles are, you know, going to be contenders this year, then they absolutely have to win this one at home. Now it is time to jump on to what is the Not Just a Sports Report Game of round six, Saturday night in Melbourne. It is the third-placed Storm up against the second-placed Roosters. No, the Sharks. I'm going to keep going. It's getting a bit late. I'm a bit tired, but it is actually the Storm versus the Sharks, not to be confused with the Sydney Roosters. How I got a Shark and a Rooster muddled up, I do not know, but it is the Melbourne Storm and the Sharks. Going to be the game of the round. We have the Cronulla Sharks, who are thriving Craig Bellamy, the current master coach, up against what seems like a master coach in the making in Craig Fitzgibbon. Looking at the ins and outs, Tyron Wishart joins the bench for the Melbourne Storm with Alec McDonald omitted. Aidan Tolman is back in with Royce Hunt dropping out for the Sharks. It's a really big week for Nico Hines and Dale Vanuken, both former Storm players. Vanuken, a long time Look, a Storm legend now, 
and a former Storm captain as well, whilst Nico Hines was one of the form players of the competition last year for Melbourne. Both of them now killing it over at the Sharks, taking on their old team in Melbourne, their old home ground for the first time. So, uh, look, it's going to be a tremendous contest. Key battle is going to be the dummy half position for the Storm. Harry Grant, Tone Wishart, where he'll be, he will be filling in, but mainly Harry Grant up against Blake Braley, who, look, if Damian Cook goes down, Blake Braley has been mentioned by Freddie Fittler as a potential bolter for the New South Wales origin side, so definitely that could be one to watch. Huge battle coming up here, Blake Braley up against Harry Grant. Looking at the X-Factor player, Ryan Pappenhausen, tied first with Isaiah Yo on the Delium leaderboard. And look, Pappenhausen, I think he is in for a very exciting season. In terms of the X-Factor, the guy who stands up and helps win you games, I think, look, they have a whole team full of them. But in this game in particular, I'm going to be taking Ryan Pappenhausen as the X-Factor player. For the Storm in the halves, Cameron Munster and Jerome Hughes have been on fire, along with Luai and Clary. They are the form halves of this competition. So, look, it doesn't get much better than Munster and Hughes. And when you throw in Harry Grant, Ryan Pappenhausen, guys like Brandon Smith, I mean, this is just a phenomenal team, the Melbourne Storm. My point of difference for the Cronulla Sharks, Cameron Cameron McInnes. Off the bench, he has been really, really quality. He just adds a whole nother level to their game. He plays in a totally different way. To anyone else in the side so he really does add such a unique balance of great defense and he's been showing plenty in attack as well which isn't necessarily something that he's been known for in the past can also fill in in the dummy half position as far as my prediction i'm going to be taking the melbourne storm i hope this is a close one i've got it as the game of the round if the sharks win then we can all go crazy we can all say Wow, the Sharks are definitely in contention this year. They look amazing though, but ultimately I'm going to be going the Melbourne Storm at home. Sorry, I've got something stuck in my throat now. What a night. JJ, what are you thinking? Help. Yeah, I agree. It's going to be an absolutely epic contest in Melbourne. Look, I can definitely see a scenario where the Sharks get up, but until the Storm, well, I know they went down against the Eels, but... Overall, the Storm have been looking great. The, you know, the system is still there. Players have come and gone, but new stars just keep on stepping up. And I think they'll get the job done. But I'll chuck in a little bonus prediction. I think it's going to be extremely close, perhaps two points or under either way. So could be golden point or could be a last-minute conversion or perhaps penalty. Let's see how this one plays out, but the Storm... Righty-ho, let's get into the Sunday action now as the 5th-placed Roosters host the 7th-placed Warriors at the Sydney Cricket Ground. Warriors have a sick heritage jersey this weekend, going back to the 01-02 colours, predominantly black with a bit of the blue as well. The jersey looks fresh. I'm a huge fan of the Warriors' normal home jersey, but check this heritage jersey out. Keep an eye out for it this weekend. It looks really fresh. I'm a massive fan, definitely going to have to pick myself up one, even though they cost like cost like $500 to get a bloody NRL jersey in this day and age. should be cheaper, but I'll save that for another day. 
the New Zealand Warriors, three straight wins over the Tigers, the Broncos, and last week's Golden Point win up against the Cowboys, Sean Johnson slotting the field goal. As for the Roosters, massive danger game. They were pushed to the limit by the Broncos, but in the end, they found a way. And as far as the Roosters win over the Broncos, well, good sides find a way to win, even when things look like they are going against them. The Roosters have done that for years, as have the Storm. Now the Panthers are at that level. And look, the Warriors, three straight. As I said, good sides find a way to win. That is what they did against the Cowboys without looking that great, really, at any stage of the game. So Warriors, what's important, and the next stepping stone for us sorry for the bloody plane in the background, is to string together consistent games. Now, this Roosters one is going to be really tough, but after this, like, going forward, we need to continue to get two and three straight wins together, maybe even four, because that is the best way to make yourself a finals team, and for too long, the Warriors will show up and look awesome one week and then look average the next couple. So, for the Warriors, that is something they really need to work on, but... uh, CHT, Chanel, Harris, Tavita, what a game defensively against the Cowboys. Kicked a 40-20 as well. I was really impressed by the way he played. Keen to see him up with Sean Johnson again, partnering in the halves, up against Luke Carey and Sam Walker. Having a look at the ins and outs, Marcelo Montoya out, Dallin Wateniza-Lesniak in, Jack Murchie is out as well, and uh, Eliasia Katoa takes his spot on the bench. For the Roosters, Sio uh, Tokiaho is back after a calf injury, ruled him out last week. And Sam Verrills playing his first game of the season, a premiership re- winning rooster. Not sure exactly how he figures into the mix going forward from next year onwards with Brandon Smith's arrival, but huge addition to the side to get Sam Verrills back. That sees Drew Hutchison and Daniel Fafida drop out of the side. Now, big game this weekend for Sam Walker. No doubt he is going to get targeted by guys like Fanua Blake, Curran, Lodge, Bunty Arfoa. It's going to be a really torrid night potentially for Sam Walker. He's going to have to stand up in defense. He's a much smaller body and so is Luke Carey as well, so... That is where I see the Warriors winning, if we can really put Sam Walker off his game. But in saying that, sometimes you try to do that and it totally backfires. So got to be very careful that Sam Walker doesn't tear the Warriors apart this weekend. And really big game for the young Queenslander. As far as my key battle, I've taken Josh Curran, the former rooster, up against Victor Radley. The two lock forwards... No doubt, absolute staples of their side. They are like almost the heart and soul of the team, working their asses off week to week. And they have a bit of X factor about them as well. Playing in that lock forward position, not just awesome defensively, but really impressive attacking weapons as well. So my key battle, I am taking Josh Curran and Victor Radley. I am expecting that to be a very fierce contest. As far as the coaches, well, you've got one of the all-time greats, at least one of the greatest of the modern era in Trent Robinson, up against Nathan Brown, who's still yet to really have his day as a successful NRL head coach. His best days were probably at the Dragons as far as NRL head coaching. So quite some time ago, Nathan Brown, look, if he can't make this stint at the Warriors work, 
I will be interested going forward as to whether he picks up another NRL job, just given how many emerging young quality coaches there are on the market that are starting to appear. So for Nathan Brown, this is his chance. He really needs to work on building something here at the Warriors. That is his job after all. And look, finals is the expectation. So going to be a really tough game for Nathan Brown. And I think tactically, Trent Robinson most likely is going to have Nathan covered. And it could be really tricky for the Warriors because the Roosters, I mean, they just have such in-depth training and knowledge and the way that they operate is on just such another level. So they are going to be very hard to stop, but I will be cheering the Warriors on, no doubt, this weekend. If they are to get the win, then my X Factor, I have gone Adin Fanua Blake. If he can run at Sam Walker, Luke Carey, really trouble them all night. Sam Verrills test him out on return from a long injury layoff. Look, I think Adam Fanua Blake is our X factor, not just for the grunt in the middle, but his offloads, passing ability, and everything else that he adds just being out on the field. So I've gone with AFB is the X factor for this one. And as far as the point of difference, I am taking Connor Watson playing in the number 14 for the Roosters. I can see this game starting quite tight and tense, and I think something like a Connor Watson interjection off the bench could be exactly what turns the game. I can definitely see the Warriors struggling to put away someone like Connor Watson, and he's going to come out and he's definitely going to trouble them. I feel like Connor Watson has that exact kind of skill set that the Warriors usually struggle to contain defensively, and he has such great versatility. He can play in the halves, dummy half, middle forward. You can chuck him at fullback or, you know, probably in the centers at a stretch. I'm sure he'd do a great job there. So Connor Watson, the point of difference. And look, I'm going to jump into my prediction. And for the first time this season, very reluctantly, very reluctantly, I will be cheering them on. I'm taking the Sydney Roosters. I'm going against the Warriors. I have tipped them every game this season. But now after two perfect weeks... Looking for the three-peat, I had to ask myself, how bad do I want the three-peat? If the Warriors weren't my team, who do I think is going to win this game? A non-biased prediction. And look, in the best interests of a third straight perfect week, I've decided to go for the Sydney Roosters. I will be cheering for the Warriors. I, I don't care if the Warriors break the perfect week. I don't care if the Warriors win, and that is the only reason I don't get a third straight perfect week. In fact, I will love that. But in the interest of trying to get that three-peat, I am taking the Sydney Roosters to get it done over the New Zealand Warriors. Thank you very much, JJ, for that insight. Uh, appreciate it very much. Genuinely, too, that sounded a uh, bit bit uh, sarcastic, wasn't. I'm a very genuine. I'm in a very genuine spirit right now, which makes it the perfect time to jump into our other Sunday game, the 14th placed Dragons hosting the 11th placed Knights. The Dragons have only had one win since the barbecue gate, as they call it, since Paul, Paul Vaughan's infamous barbecue. The Dragons in the regular season have only won once. So, a lot of promise in the preseason, but quickly beginning to unravel. And look, the Dragons, again, another loss. They were whacked twice in a row. And then the Rabbitohs beat them 24-12 to last round. For the Knights, they were also whacked by the Manly Seagulls. So both sides low on confidence, pretty poor in form. 
that badly need a win. So this should be a very interesting game. Both sides desperate to get the competition points. We see that Josh McGuire makes his return on the bench. Josh Kerr moves into the starting side with Aaron Woods to the bench for the Dragons. And for the Newcastle Knights, we see Edric Lee playing his first game since a victorious performance for the Queensland Maroons on the wing. So Edric Lee, I mean, you know, an origin player. You're calling a bloke up whose last game was defeating a very strong New South Wales Blues side. Pretty impressive. Edric Lee back in the side. It has been a hot minute since we have seen Edric in the NRL. Going to be really good to see how he goes for the Knights. And yeah, congratulations, Edric. One thing we didn't see, I definitely didn't see, was the hard road back all the time between his last performance and now. Could have been, probably would have been some dark times, challenging times. So great to see Edric Lee make his return. This weekend, it is a big game for Bradman Best. We've seen with Latrell Mitchell out, there's now starting to become a conversation around who wears that number three or four jersey in the left centre position for New South Wales come origin. Look, the favourite, I think it's got to be Stephen Crichton. But this weekend, huge game for Bradman Best. If he can have a cracker, then all of a sudden people are going to start talking about him as potentially the guy who slots in at left centre. I think Matt Burton and Stephen Crichton at the minute are ahead of him and he's probably going to need to do a fair bit to work his way into the side. But just to be in the conversation shows you that Bradman Best is on his way to some pretty incredible things and I'm expecting a big performance from Bradman this weekend. As far as the key battle, this is going to be one with the middle forwards, guys like the Saifides. So also Sue off the bench and Leo Thompson for the Newcastle Knights are going to need to have Massive games for the Dragons, Josh Kerr, Aaron Woods, Francis Molo, Jack DeBellin as well. Let's not forget Jack DeBellin and Kurt Mann, who both are kind of that link, linking lock forward in their side. So I think between the middle forwards, that is going to be where this game is won and lost. Lost, whichever of these sides can impose themselves more, I think that is going to go a long way to getting them the victory. This has been the hardest game to pick of the round. I've gone back and forth, and then I've originally decided to just go with what I was originally going to go with. Very close to changing, but I decided, look, if I go for the perfect week, and one thing that stops me is changing my tip, I'm just going to stick with the original win, lose, or draw. We're going to see what happens. Now, as far as the coaches, Adam O'Brien doing a fantastic job at the Knights, but Needs to still have a great year this year. Otherwise, there will be some pressure, although I believe that is unwarranted pressure. As for unwarranted pressure, Anthony Griffin, now there are starting to be rumblings of, is he the right coach for the Dragons? We're not going to give him much time, are we? I think, you know, give him the season. Let him see. Let us see what he can do at the very least. But already a lot of pressure on Anthony Griffin, so he's going to be hoping his side can stand up and get the win this weekend. As far as the X factor, it's got to be Kellen Ponga up against the Dragons who are in very poor form. Ponga's had a pretty quiet year thus far. He needs to stand up here. His side badly need the win and whilst he can't do it all, he needs to be a big part of this win. I think they don't win if Kellen Ponga can't have a great game. So very interesting clash coming up. And as far as my prediction... I'm going to take the Dragons, the least confident prediction of the weekend. All 
fucking day, I was like, I'm going to go the Knights. I actually think I'm going to go and switch to the Knights. I don't believe in the Dragon's side. I don't have faith in them. But as I said, look, the three-peat seems to be helping with me making my decisions this week. And one, I had the Dragons originally, so I'm just going to stick with that. And two, because I was so on the fence, I just went back to my season preview podcasts and I had the Dragons finishing in 11th and I had the Knights finishing in 13th. So basically I just decided to go off that as well. And if the Dragons are to finish higher than the Knights on the table, well, then a win here would be very big. So I am taking the Dragons to get a win. Not confident at all. Not confident at all. I think there is every chance that the Knights win this Dragons have been in shocking form, but they need to bounce back. I am expecting a big fired-up performance from them, so taking a St. George Illawarra bounce back for the Dragons to get the win over the Knights on Sunday. All right, it is now time to jump into the Easter Monday game, the last game of Round 6. We have the 4th-placed Eels up against the 16th-placed Tigers. Dare, oh, dare me, 0-5. Someone tell me they're not going to go 0-6. This plane in the background does not dispute the fact that the Tigers look horrible. They look absolutely horrible. They were my cause for concern in round five on the NRL Power podcast. Every week except one, just because I was trying not to pick on the Tigers, they have been the cause for concern. It is beyond a cause for concern now. It is a shit show. And something needs to be fixed. Now, for the Eels, last weekend's X-Factor player of the round, I chose Mitch Moses. So the Eels are on a totally different wavelength right now, totally different level to where the Tigers are at. I think the Tigers are on their own level, the rock bottom level. I'm trying not to be harsh, but look, if you want to hear more thoughts on what I'm thinking about the Tigers right now, I went through plenty of it on the NRL Power podcast, which has already been released the review for round five. And if you want to hear more on my thoughts on the Eels and Mitch Moses in particular and their premiership hopes, then go back and have a listen to NRL Powerplay. It was a lot of fun to record. Now, Parramatta coming off a win against the Titans, their second win over Gold Coast this season. Whilst the Tigers were smashed by the Sharks, did not look good at all, couldn't score until a miserly intercept in the 79th minute. So... Uh, I honestly can't do anything but sigh. I really hope things get better for the Tigers, but they just, they're not fired up. Something is 100% wrong there. I don't know whether it's the playing group, the coach, the, the fucking board, everything. Everything about the Tigers just seems to scream mediocrity. So something needs to change. Tim Sheen's arriving at the club was supposed to be that change. And look, he hasn't had his feet under the desk for a whole lot of time. So they've got time, but even if they were like, I don't know, four and one, I mean, one and four, then maybe it's salvageable. But the 0 and 5 start, things are just getting ugly so quickly. We saw Dane Laurie withdraw last week with COVID and Jimmy Roberts, he was out as well. They are back in this week and so is Jackson Hastings. Very timely return. That pushes Luke Brooks to 5'8" and Hastings will line up in the halfback position. For the Eels, Murata Niukore comes into the side to play centre. They've had a lot of depth be tested, a lot of injuries in their back five. So Murata Niukore 
More so a second rower off to the Warriors next year as well. He is going to jump into the centres, pushing Will Penasini out to the wing. And Junior Paulo has been suspended, or Paolo, I believe um, he wants it to be pronounced now. He has been suspended, so Oregon Kafusi coming into the side. For the Tigers, Stafford Toa onto the wing. Malmalo dropped. Uh, Jock Madden to the bench. Peachy dropped. So, fuck's sake. That... Malmalo and Peachy are two of their five captains. Like, you're, you're dropping two of your captains. That just tells you exactly where the Tigers are at. The five captains thing, I still cannot get my head around them. And you're dropping two of them. Like, they're not even performing. It is just ugly. How does a club with five captains lack so much leadership? Now, the key battle in this one, I've chosen the halves, Luke Brooks and Hastings. Up against Mitch Moses and Dylan Brown, who are firing on all cylinders at the moment. This could get really, really ugly. Things could go from bad to worse for the Tigers if the Eels show up on their A game. I do think the Tigers, this is a winnable game. They can drag this one into an ugly affair and get that win. I still don't know if I 100% trust the Eels, but I definitely don't trust the West Tigers. That is for sure. Michael Maguire under a heap of pressure. Things just, things are getting very bleak. Whereas for Brad Arthur, Parramatta, very testing season ahead, but things look good in the early stages. My point of difference, Regan Campbell-Gillard, he ran for over 200 metres last weekend. He is now going to be that leading forward with co-captain Junior Paolo out of the side. So I am picking Regan Campbell-Gillard as the point of difference and someone who is going to cause the Tigers a whole lot of headaches. As far as my prediction, I think we know the way I'm going in this one. Definitely taking the Parramatta Eels. I think they could absolutely smack the bloody Tigers. Honestly. Honestly. It's, it's getting really rogue i don't know i don't want to swear anymore that's like can't really tell you how it's getting without a lot of cursing so for the tigers wow oh wow do they need a win here but no doubt i am going for the Parramatta eels on easter monday jj in our final game of the round what are you thinking for this one okay for this i'm going to jump into a triple rapid pick here Roosters versus Warriors. Roosters at home. It's got to be the Roosters. Important win for Warriors last week in Golden Point, but the Roosters have definitely shown that they're still a class outfit, uh, especially with Kiri, um, you know, managing the game. Next one is the Dragons versus Knights. Should be a ripper game. I thought long and hard about this one, but I'm going to go with the Dragons. Uh, not just because they're at home, but I think over the course of the season, they've shown just a tiny bit more than the Knights, although it should be a good game. And for the Monday game, Eels versus West Tigers, I, I just simply cannot pick the West Tigers in their current state. Uh, we've talked a lot about the Tigers, so I'll just focus on the Eels. The Eels have shown that they're extremely dominant at home, and I don't expect that to change here. So the Eels in probably a big win. All right. Well, we've got my tips. We've got JJ's tips. That is all for the NRL Round 6 preview. Let's tune in. Let's see if I can get that three-peat. Very hard to do. But I have my eyes on the prize. I am focused. Going to be a great weekend of footy. I'll be back with the NRL Power Podcast at the end of the weekend to wrap up all the action. We'll check out what's gone down. And yeah, we'll see all the things I've been talking about today. 
We will have some more hindsight on these situations. There will be plenty to talk about, so make sure to tune in then. And don't forget to follow us on Instagram at NotJustASportsReport. And follow us on whatever podcast platform you're listening on. You will be able to see as soon as NRL Power is out. So from myself and JJ, thank you so much for listening. Much appreciated. And until next time, take care of yourself and definitely enjoy the footy this weekend.